Hello, Internet, and welcome to a very special edition of the podcast this week. Um, it is just my voice from the usual two of us you'll hear tonight because um, Callum's schedule is ridiculous at the minute. So he's left me in charge. And what happens when I get put in charge is I just draft my friends in to talk about stuff that he doesn't want to talk about. So that's what I've done tonight. Um, so uh, I have brought on uh, Vida, who a uh, friend of the site we've talked before, and a uh, fellow narrative game connoisseur. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. I, I, at least that, that's how I would describe myself. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily know if uh, uh, everyone would, you know, agree with a specific, uh, you know, label. You know, it's it labels are weird. That's that's how you're considered around these parts. So we'll stick with that. Um, Thank you very much. So we are here to talk about Citizen Sleeper, um, a game that me and Calum have talked about a lot in the podcast as one of probably our favourite things to come out this year. Um, Calum left me one note that he wants me to mention, um, but mm-hmm. um, we are going to talk about the game and we're going to talk about it very explicitly in terms of spoilers. So this is your warning right now that if you have not played the game, we're going to be talking about the game and the first episode of the DLC as well. So if you have not played those things, this is your chance to check out, go and play them, and then come back uh, later. But yeah, we will be talking explicitly with no warning about various spoilers throughout that game, and I feel like the nature of the game means that you should have probably played it before you listen to this. Um, so Citizen Sleeper, a, a, I have struggled trying to explain this game to people outside of like somebody who would probably listen to this. So like I've kind of gone with visual novel slash tabletop emulator i don't know how you describe it to people yeah that's funny you mentioned that because uh i wanted to mention to you uh, um when i was trying to explain it to my partner uh when i get really excited i start you know explaining things really quickly and like not mentioning the most important parts of things which yep. is you know great for like making things clear and so i was like oh you know it's like you're in space and it's like your body's not really your body and it's like you make choices and she was kind of like, whoa, whoa, okay, slow down. So is it like, that sounds kind of scary. Like, is it like a first person thing, like a third person thing? And it was interesting to me because people would assume that that kind of narrative would have to happen in a very kind of physical space in the sense of exploring the space because it is all about the station, you know, in a mm-hmm. kind of 3D environment or something. But it's it isn't. That and it, I find that I find that really uh, really cool that it just conveys so much and yeah. that in my mind you know it might as well be a three D uh, kind of exploration. Yeah. Game. I mean, we'll we'll get onto like the 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 massive amount of work that the pros does in creating that world, but it is such a refreshing thing to see um, cyberpunk done. I think this is technically cyberpunk. I kind of class it under that that kind mm-hmm. of genre, but it's a cool thing to see like cyberpunk that is not violence first. Like to be sure there's violence in this game that, that we'll yeah. talk about, but it's not like that's not your main verb. And I think that that is such a cool thing to see. And especially because like the the this kind of did start to leak out from like people like us who would pay attention to this kind of thing anyway. And it did kind of start to get a little bit of, of pickup um, outside of that. And it was good to see that like other people can see this genre in a way that's not the the traditional like 80s cyberpunk violence first style stuff um, and maybe introduce some more people to the genre. Um, 
but yeah, it, it really does such a good job of making that world. That world really does feel real. Like the eye feels like a place that is so atmospheric seems like a really gauche word to use, but it does it does feel like a place, right? It feels like there are people actively living there and um all the characters you meet like feel like they've been there forever, which is such a difficult thing to do in like any yeah. narrative medium, never mind games. Um No, absolutely. Uh I I agree that uh it's very nice that people who are kind of maybe not as familiar with Cyberpunk have been kind of engaging with this game and found it nice because I remember when I started getting into kind of sci-fi for a long time I thought it wasn't a genre for me because all I knew about it was like those kind of big blockbusters of like oh there's this guy like his wife like died and like Mm. he's gonna like wear this like exoskeleton and he's gonna like (laughs) fight like aliens you know and and it's it it just always seemed like kind of not for me but then I started I don't even know where I started but I think Becky Chambers was a big one Mm. uh uh, so the Wayfarer series and just kind of realizing that there's so many people exploring sci-fi in really, really interesting ways. And while I'm not too familiar with the kind of uh, classic literature, um, when it comes to games, I, I, I find that really easy to engage with and kind of relate uh, to. So I'm really glad about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I took a, I took a turn with, um, I don't know, like I was, I have a really complicated relationship with the with 2077 the game from from last year where i i i I talked about this a lot i ended up really enjoying that game despite the numerous 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 problems with um both the studio and the game itself but it was mainly because you don't get budgets put behind sci-fi anymore like especially in 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 like I think the expanse was like the last bit of like proper hard sci-fi medium that got any real budget behind it. And um, it mm-hmm. seems like it's a thing that's not that popular. Like I remember the stories behind um, when, I mean, you want to talk about mainstream gaming, right? When call of duty did their near future, not even near future, like proper sci-fi version. And it yeah. was the worst selling one ever. And like everyone just completely disregarded it. It kind of put. It felt like that put a real dampener for a long time on like proper hard sci-fi games. Um, so yeah, so seeing stuff like this, and it, it it did start to get filled in a lot by smaller titles. Um, but it is, it is good to see this as well. I need to remember the name of the the series, uh, the book series that I really got into, whose author I cannot pronounce their surname. But the name of the series is oh no I need to just I need to just look this up now because it's going to actually oh, quick I can I'm going to take a guess at the surname uh, it'll come back to me I'll I'll remember it at some point later um, but that was another that was one as well that that kind of took the because I think they 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 say it's cyberpunk as well like that is the genre that they use but it is very much about I'd like violent but in a different like in a non-exploitative way like violent in a way where it really does work with the story but it is a lot more about like it's not taking that 80s like synthwave like purple and pink and it's all about mechanical arms shit from like from the 80s and doing something new to it i will 
I will find that and stitch into the podcast at some point when I get to edit it. Hi there, editing you in here, just cutting in. Um, the book I was trying to remember at the time was the it's the Machine Mandate series, with the first book being called And Shall Machines Surrender? Um, highly recommended if you're looking for a different take on cyberpunk, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, uh, back to the episode. Um, but yeah, so Citizen Sleeper, uh, just briefly to run through the kind of the setup is that you are a sleeper which i i read this one way and then listened to somebody else say it another way so i want to know which way you got it as well the sleeper is a mechanical or an artificial body that is a mental clone of a human which has been sold or which the human has sold on earth and is now sent out to do it is now the property of the corporation that made it but um in this you have escaped but it is theoretically a artificial body that is the, the property of a corporation that is a mental clone of a real human yeah yeah so okay. you uh you need a coin or you got into trouble and it's kind of you know a little bit unclear exactly what happened but yeah. you ended up you know your physical body is asleep until you repay your debts and you have to just work in this artificial body that has has a has like a layer of interfacing within it where your brain has to connect with this artificial kind of form and mm. so all your kind of neurons and uh, the sensory input you receive just feels slightly off and your memories are quite fuzzy as well so it's it's not it's not a fun time yes, which is like why uh, yeah 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 that, i think i think that's the the idea yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's uh, one of the many good decisions narratively i think the game makes is to kind of not deal with what happened to the 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 biological body like that's even not like that's like almost like a that's just history that's like a separate character like that the fate of that body is is irrelevant almost because all of it is about you as the sleeper escaping you've escaped the corporation's reach and have now basically um what's the word for when you sneak aboard a ship um oh the word's gone uh infiltrate uh, there's a specific Mm. word when you're when you're an unwanted guest and you hide away in a ship god covid has done a number of my brain anyway you've hidden away on the ship you've ended up on this space station called the eye and the game is really about you getting starting a life really i think is kind of the easiest way to say it like making a making your own way and getting yourself into a state where you can support yourself um i think that's and that's and then from there it's kind of all about the station and the people on there so i think probably the in a weird way, I think the best way to start talking about the narrative here is to talk about where we ended up, partially mm. because I don't actually know how much ra- not randomness, but how much like the decisions that you make are in that kind of traditional telltale diamond pattern, where it's like, there's some variation, but you always end up at the same point at the yeah. end, or whether there is actually some real... Um, some real decision that really does change how stuff works and there's one particular line i want to know because it felt like i messed it up horribly but i don't know if that's actually uh-huh. i did mess it up or not 
Um, so at the point where the game, let's say where the game first shows you credits, what was your end point of of the time with your between your sleeper and the station? Yeah, so the the first ending I got when I had the credits rolling was after I had gone into the kind of hive mind uh, in the greenway with the help of the the botanist. Mm. And uh, there was the, the gardener who was telling me, hey, like, if you want to kind of let go of your physical form and just become part of this kind of healthy, growing, kind of completely... Uh, communicated system uh you can do that but mm. uh, i was like nah like there's there's many things about being uh alive including the joys and the pains that are, you know are worth it and i was like and also i want to you know explore the other endings so i was <laughs> yeah. like yeah that, that, uh, that yeah. tension of it still being a video game with multiple endings kind of did create a problem i think a little bit but generally yeah that that would be the that that was the first ending does it actually if you because a lot of the endings or a lot of the points where it can end have the like, do you go with this? Do you not go with this decision point? Does it roll credits yeah. either way? I can't remember now. Yeah, so uh, I I think I got so I I got like three endings, and each mm. one of those is because I turned down things. And right, okay. I, I yeah, so what happens obviously is you end up kind of fading back into the game and having like a what I quite liked, which is you have a, almost like a debrief. Yes. with the character you kind of interacted with and they ask you, you know, so are you going to stick around? Are you not going to stick around? Or, you know, you don't know. And I found that really nice because it kind of gives you that space to be a bit messy and nuanced and maybe not knowing what you want to do next. Yeah. It's, it was a, yeah, I, I really did like that. And I mean, we'll talk about the DLC in a little bit, but it going having to the ending that i ended up taking was the um leaving on the the ship that they were building on the station with yeah. the the um the parent and child um yeah. because mainly because i had done well that was the ending i considered canon for my playthrough anyway because basically i had seen most of the other station and most of the other kind of decision points and it had turned them all down because it felt like for me my sleeper very much was like, no, I can, I can make a go of this here. This feels like the place where I can both do good and feels like home because I've built it myself. Um, mm-hmm. that was the thing that made sense to me. Um, and then when the that when the ending with the the ship appears and basically what happens is the um I can't remember his name, but the guy who gets you the 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 fake credentials to get parent and child on the ship is like, I will get you these credentials, but you need to go with them because I can yeah. track you easily and we need to go see, we need to know where it goes so we can do investigations, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, I was like, I am getting these people on this ship if it kills me. Like, the yeah. the way I had interacted with the two of them over the game, I was like, yeah, I, I have to just get on this ship. And it was the point where I was like, yep, this is probably not the best thing for me but this is a hundred percent what my character would do at this point, and yeah. it felt right. And I think everyone I've talked to so far has said, "Yeah, this is what this is what my sleeper would have done. This is what this is this is how they would have. This is the decision that they would have made, and it felt right, even if it's not the thing that the pl- I as the player would decide to do. It is the thing that that mm-hmm. um, that my sleeper would do." 
Um, so the idea then, when you come back to the DLC, that was the first time I'd seen the... It, it does let you make that choice again and be like... Because that's where it basically cuts oh. out. And it lets you make that choice again of like, hey, do you get on the ship? Do you not get on the ship? And it is this heartbreaking scene of like you get to the point where you cross the threshold where they're checking IDs and the two of them go ahead with their thing. And once they're through the gate, you basically just kick yourself off the ship and fly back to the eye and watch them as you go. And all you can do is really kind of pray that nothing bad happens to them. Um, So then once you get back to the station, the guy who did did the thing was like, well, that was fucked. Thanks for that. Cheers. Um, and basically says like, we'll work something out. I can. I know why you did it. It's fine. Um, but the the description of watching the kid's face as you go backwards yeah. off the ship is just heartbreaking. It really is. Like, especially with the amount of time that you'd put towards towards that relationship, it was. It really was heartbreaking. But then it it obviously picks up where the the DLC picked up and you have your own a whole bunch of new horrible decisions that you have to make which I'm sure we'll get to but um yeah no Lemon Lemon Mina's storyline was really yeah yeah, powerful Uh, I mean there were lots of characters I really liked on the ship Mm. uh, and that maybe I felt I related to the story of more but with Lemon Mina it was like I I need these people to succeed no matter what yeah uh for sure and yeah i got that ending as well that was the the one i picked the one where they kick themselves off Mm -hmm. um the sleeper kicks themselves off from the from the ship and i was i i I didn't know what would happen because i thought well maybe you know maybe castor had a way of like canceling the tickets while they were on the ship and they get booted and just knowing that i wasn't quite clear what would happen and i thought that it was so interesting how you read each following paragraph and you see them heading into the the station and everything going well and you realize okay maybe it's fine yeah and it, it's it's it was very well written and then castor you know being really a, a really interesting take of just being like well yeah i mean it would have been easier for me if you did that but uh, there's no point in me punishing you for it. Yeah, um, like, I don't no. get anything out of of being nasty here. Like, there's no there's no end result. There's there's no reason for me to be vindictive here at all. Like, it doesn't serve my purposes at all. Um, and it was it was an yeah. interesting take on, uh, or it was an interesting flip on Caster for me because Caster felt like a very like Caster felt like he had that kind of like. Like if you cross him, stuff's gonna go bad real quick. And he felt like he had like fingers in every pie in the station. And it was like, yeah, I can make your life real difficult if you don't do this. And uh, the idea that he was like, yeah, this this was a business relationship. It fell through. Ho hum. We'll 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 live with it. Um, it was yeah. It felt it was it was good that they had that that as well. But also that there was a there's a real. Um, the the writing as well for that for when you actually take that ending when you actually go and like which is which is what I did originally before the DLC came out like the writing in there is something else well where you're like the sleeper coming to terms with the idea that like they know they've done the right thing or they've done the right thing for for Lemina but yeah. like at that point they had this feeling of like I have given something up for these people and having to like 
and to me i read a lot of what was there as like um them like reclaiming i mean reclaiming a little humanity like i know that's not what the game is really about like it is about the sleeper as their own entity but it did kind of feel as if they had this this pang of humanity came back when that was there but with a sadness that they have left this life that they've worked a lot to get at that point for the for what they perceive as the greater good and i just thought that the 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 ability that this game has throughout it to really have like every interact every interaction or every, every bit of introspection that the sleeper has does have these layers of like this was correct this was the right thing to do but it kind of sucks if i'm being selfish but also it's weird that i'm being selfish but also I'm not human, so how are these people... Tr- like, there's layers to all of this, and it's such a rare thing to see in, in, in games like this. No, absolutely. Yeah, the just every, as you said, every single point of reflection after you've made the decision, or uh, what I really liked is really the, the endings of each scene just before, you know, you click um, continue and, you know, you zoom out and you're able to continue with uh, the rest of the story. Those moments where you've just uh, exited a building or you've just kind of said goodbye to someone and you're, you know, you have some plans with them, you have some things to do, but just those small, like one or two paragraphs before a scene ends where you reflect briefly. I thought were really just well written and interesting, and you don't really get that in most games. I don't yeah. feel like you just kind of you do the interaction, and the the meta is for you to kind of explore on your own as a player. But here, there's the, there's a lot of comfort out of knowing that your character and as by extension you as a player are meant to have complex feelings and not quite know what you're doing yeah um well i I mean speaking along those lines actually it's interesting how that ties into the the mechanics of the game as well because the the mechanical aspect of the game again for people who are who are not going to end up playing it it models remarkably closely actually um a couple of basically the the direction that modern tabletop games have, have taken especially ones that prioritize narrative over like the traditional D, like stat rolls and that kind of stuff where so specifically the one i so i i play um the sprawl which is a cyberpunk um tabletop game which uses a a, a rule set called powered by the apocalypse which is basically one-to-one with what citizen sleeper is doing here where you reach a you have a, a point where something can go wrong they roll 2d6 um, and then there is a failure, a partial success, and a full success, and that depend. And then you take that and continue on with the narrative based on that um, that outcome. And the way that that maps onto this game, it it really does the the level of randomness it adds, or the level of like peril that it adds, is just enough. I think if it had gone any further either way, it would have either become completely pointless or too much the focus of the game is the mechanical part of it to it just really adds the the right level of uh i think perils about the only word i can think of really to the narrative uh, in a way that, that makes a lot of sense where it really does it, it it forces you to do the okay i have 24 hours in a day 
which of these interactions makes the most sense for my character because you can't do everything all of the time. And I think it serves a really good way of 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 making you not 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 the like traditional game decision points where it's like do you pick choice A, B, or C? It's a lot more nuanced than that. It's a lot more like, okay, there are like seven people that need my attention. Where do I expend the limited amount of capital I have here? And on what? And I think it's really effective in doing that, I think. No, absolutely. Um, I I like the fact that it's... I mean, the game, I think, can be a little bit, I guess, inaccessible to people who are not used to um, such kind of mm. dramatic um, energy management. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to... It's interesting that it's a game that is completely about... Uh, navigating an interface and making kind of uh, uh, random number uh, decisions, but it keeps itself actually really simple in those interactions, mm-hmm. and that's why it works, even though that's literally the core of the game. I feel like as a designer, you kind of feel like, oh, well, I need to kind of give it quirks and make it really kind of uh, unique or complex, but it's actually because it's so... Uh, straightforward to to understand and you can see how you're able to almost uh, role play in terms of um, making yourself fail an action if you want to kind of uh, um, approach the game in a meta way if you're really annoyed at the character there's something there's a lot of freedom that comes with that yeah there's a great deal of I think restraint in the way that they they implemented mechanics like it could have got it could have got a lot more complicated and it's basically like it's your five dice it's your energy meter and the um the stat sheet for Audition. your character and the progression yeah. like very limited progression um and it I, I, it feels like it was definitely done in service of the narrative and in service of the story and the 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 journey they were trying to tell as opposed to like a mechanics first decision where it was like we wrote around this stuff it feels like it serves the narrative rather than the other way around um and it was actually it was the the one line I get sent by uh, by Callum, a co-host, to uh, to mention was that like he's writing a piece on this at the minute. But basically, his interpretation of the whole game was that it it is doing what the original Baldur's Gate, like from way ninety seven, I want to say, like the original kind of CRPGs, the ones trying to very closely emulate Dungeons and Dragons traditionally. It's achieved. It it's managed to do the same thing that. Baldur's Gate was trying to do where it it tries to to match that system and tries to be a a game master a, a dm a gm or like a um a, a a person like a person running a tabletop game in the way that it feels like it is trying to it's letting you make the decisions but they are very much like well, we know what the implications of this decision are going to be, but it does feel like you still have a lot of agency as a player, even though there's a essentially a digital GM guiding the story. And I'm interested to see what is it, what is the end result um, in the pieces writing is. Um, but it's it's a it's a very difficult thing to do, and this is definitely the closest I've seen in in something try to do that. Um, I don't it know. Feels, I, it feels like the sorry. I was just no, going to no. say it feels like the the GM uh, that virtual GM. That's exactly how I was kind of framing it in my mind as well. Where the game feels very much uh, like you're in collaboration with the game, and you're. And mm-hmm. it, that starts off by the fact that there's no kind of uh, 
strong graphical kind of environment like you're you're imagining the the sets and the characters with the text and uh, because you start the game like that you already understand it okay like i'm meant to kind of suspend this belief and i'm i'm meant to to play along with this and mm-hmm. and figuring figure it out with the game and uh, that's what makes a lot of the decision making feel like um like you're just kind of building the story and so it for me it really didn't kind of matter if oh uh, did your uh, did your decisions uh have an impact or not it was more about just exploring the story and it, the the mechanics you're very right in saying that the mechanics were very much in support of the narrative and they they made it things interesting but it, it wasn't about for me the the kind of deep challenge of doing you know writing things on the side um on a paper and kind of calculating yeah. probabilities i did enjoy optimizing everything uh and uh that's probably the reason why i like i almost never went for a dice roll if i knew that it would kind of fail like i really yeah. wanted to get everything i, I was like i, I want to make sure i get all the storylines and like you know how everything ends so there was so in some ways i'm kind of um lying and saying that i didn't do that but it didn't feel like that was important to the yes. story like i felt like i could just do whatever and it was it, there was no such thing as like a bad ending it was more about just you know messing about and finding out yeah like the idea that the game's very good at not giving or not i've heard i've heard people mention this as a negative but i think i actually kind of liked it where the game's very unclear about fail states which I think mm. is super interesting. Like a lot of games, even narrative ones, are very much like, um, but by the nature of like, by the nature of video games, have to be very upfront about like, there is there is a negative outcome to here that is either like go back to the previous checkpoint or whatever. Like they're very very upfront with that. But the fact that this game decided to take a step back and go like, we're just going to let you make decisions and kind of let you decide when there's a fail state. Um, is super interesting and I think really um, really different in here and, and not something I'd ever really seen before where the fail states are much more, they, they feel more more nuanced and more personal when they do happen where it's stuff like, and it was, it was weird how like little bits of story really connected me in really interesting ways where like when I met the... Um, when I started getting involved, uh, started the storyline involving the the person who runs the bar, um, I yeah. cannot remember their name off the top of my head. When they're like, "Yeah, I want to make a still in the back room and like really do this properly," and like the sleeper themselves is going like, "It's probably a bad idea. It's probably going to explode." But in my head, I'm like, "God damn, we are making this still. This feels like the least I can yeah. do at this point. Like, this is probably a terrible idea." And at that point, the game had already gone, uh, the thing you think is right has actually resulted in something bad happening. So I'm like, this could totally explode and might take out this entire bar, but God damn it, this feels like the right thing to do. Um, and it's that kind of fail state stuff that I thought was, that was, um, that you do not see. And I actually really appreciated that. Um, about what yeah, even just like even just like you're working through a task and in the middle of it like a piece of narrative triggers that lets you know that maybe you know there's a bit more nuance and maybe you're you might want to consider whether you should really go ahead with something yeah or that happening several times and it, it just it breaks you out of that kind of game 
usual kind of game sense of yes. oh yeah okay I'm just gonna one two three four five okay I achieved you know, five out of five and now you're kind of like oh wait I was working on this but maybe it's for nothing and yeah it it's it, it that's interesting because with games I feel like so that often happens maybe after you've completed the full thing but there's there's thought and consideration you have to put throughout the, the process of working on a task and that that feels that feels fresh yeah that that definitely feels new um and especially so we talked briefly about like the 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 way that kind of violence is traditionally used in 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 the genre and how this kind of makes it it uses it in in really i think really effective ways and i think one of the first things that you really get with that is when you when you start getting involved with ethan the bounty hunter um, and when he starts and when he shows up and like as a character at that point where um, Ethan showed up when I was still very much like just scrambling to survive at that point. So when this guy yeah. shows up and is like, hey, you are Dunzo. I am here to kill you unless you like keep my bar tab going. And I'm like, I can barely scrape two credits together right now. And you're expecting me to to do that. And then the moment that story gets to the point where the um, the countdown timer starts for, like, here's the next time you have to pay. And at that point, there was no way I was paying. Like, absolutely no way. And I'm just, like, mm-hmm. every single cycle just watching that thing tick up and tick up. And I was like, I have, I have absolutely no <laughs> idea what's going to happen here. Like, I have absolutely no idea. And then watching that scene finally play out and then... Uh, if you don't if you don't end up paying and he tracks you down like it is a really harrowing scene it is like I, there was a moment where i'm just like yeah this is it this is a total complete game over yeah. and it turns and it's like nope somebody swoops in ethan gets messed up and suddenly all of ethan's story turns around whereas like he is super dependent on you and like is is here to help you and all that kind of stuff and um, the 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 fail state stuff made characters like ethan immediately more dangerous and like the Ethan and the the um, the hunter as well, yeah. like the way that they write the digital characters in that game are just so, especially the hunter, like is just so menacing. Like it is this just feral, like honed to destroy you completely character. And it's really, it was creepy. It was really creepy. The, the digital characters and the whole storyline of uh, uh, Vend and then the hunter, the yeah. killer, Gardner, like it, it, that was, I think, my favorite part because it's such a good mix of awe and fear and yeah. curiosity. And you're just, you're just, oh, wow. Like in the descriptions of their, their, how they appear physically just yeah. so interesting and then you hit the next paragraph and you're like oh wait they're like yeah. they're after me yep yeah when it when it yeah. turns out that you become the main target and you're like yeah this is this is real scary this is real bad because it's, it's one of the things I, I i really enjoy about the genre and especially um sci-fi that has like a um like the kind of two realms thing we've got the physical world the, dig- uh, the digital world um which again is a thing that I really enjoy doing when I do like tabletop um, cyberpunk stuff is like what that other world looks like, how people interact with it, what form it takes in a world where like 
um, where it is so prevalent, where it is like it does feel like the second, the second place that you can transition into. Um, the description they do of of that network and how you interact with it is is so good. Um, it's and and yeah, it does leave you very vulnerable, especially when you're like, you feel like that's the one possible advantage you have over people in that station and why you become useful to people is that you can interface with this other world very easily but then especially early on when you are your physical body is so vulnerable because you're just trying to survive and you're like well at least i can go (laughs) in weird parallels to like me growing up like yeah the physical world fucking sucks we're gonna go uh, all digital and it'll be fine and i know what i'm doing in there and then you get in there you're like oh this is scary as well oh no this is also terrible um it's it, it's always it's always a really cool thing um and i think that um yeah like like again like the thing it does really well is like the character turns right where you go in the first time you meet neovend and it's this this vending machine that talks to you via um, mechanical movements that make kind of mm-hmm. human noises um, you're like oh okay they do have a comic relief in here and then it progresses and you're like oh no <laughs> it just goes um, it's, it's it's just it's so super effective I, I really appreciate that I don't think I think they could have done well I, this is the thing I don't know and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question because I've been kind of wrestling mm. with this myself as somebody who started with the, I think engineers, the class, right? Because there's like the three yeah. classes that start the engineer, because that's the character I play in these games. Um, it felt like there was there was stuff for you to do in that world, and obviously narratively it's important, but like it definitely felt like it was playing second fiddle to the to the physical part of the station as well. Like there is a point where like you're just doing it as a way to get spare credits, um. But then I think about it, I'm like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what else you do mechanically with that with that other plane that they've made up. Um I don't know, how did you feel about like the like having that extra layer there, not only narratively but mechanically, and it didn't feel like they were doing much with it? Yeah, late game, because I think Neovent uh the at least the the initial uh, character arc uh, after which you're not kind of hunted anymore and mm. can kind of uh, just literally mine that layer for like credits. Uh, I, I achieved that pretty early on yeah. in the game, so so yeah, it, it, I, I definitely took my time to then you know progress into the the, the killer storyline. Yeah, um, and it was yeah, I definitely was very much using that layer to you know oh I've got a one or a two let let me just yeah. you know use that to mine some credits rather than take a risk and it blows up that was uh, such a good decision like to allow you to use the lower numbered stuff and the other yeah. in the digital stuff like that's such a smart idea and is it's one of those moments where like when you think about when you think about games as, mu- as much as it sounds like we do you're like that is such a simple idea and it totally like if you'd made the opposite decision like would have totally destroyed part of that game i think it's just it's such a smart thing and it's why i like talking to people who make games is that like you start to go when you start when you start poking uh, like really drilling down into some of this stuff is like how did you get there like i can't imagine Uh that was always the way that was there had to be a point where you go oh this would be better and what that decision process is like is fascinating to me (laughs) um 
yeah it, it so one of the things um as well is that when i was listening to, to a lot of the the, the chat about this game and I've, I've listened to like numerous podcasts and stuff uh, mm-hmm. of people talking about it they all talk about the moment where the economy breaks which definitely happened for me where you get to the point where you're like so so again for people who who, who are not going in there um one of the the disadvantages you have as a sleeper is that you need um oh god what do they call it the 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 medicine you need um oh, the stabilizer to stabilizer. treat your condition yes yeah. so your body is naturally degenerating all the time and the more that it degenerates the less dice you have to do interactions in the world um so you need the stabilizer to bring you back up but especially at the start of the game like it's very rare it's very expensive and you do have to start making decisions like do i eat this time or do i put the money away to go get the stabilizer but eventually at some point when you've when you've met enough people and you've gone through enough um story paths there are multiple options there for you to get stabilizer right i think most of the time i ended up um going to the gardener to synthesize it from the 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 mushrooms because it feels like the i was doing that anyway so the mushrooms are there so mm. you can you can get that but it definitely does become to the point it does definitely does get to the point where like you have enough credits to like take yourself over you can get stabilizer when you need stabilizer you become and if if you were to look at it in like very video game terms like yeah that's a broken economy right that is the point where like you, the the that whole mechanic is no longer presenting the danger that it did at one point but i don't know how you feel about this but like that felt right to me like that felt like a victory condition all on its own where because you have made these connections with other people in the station and you've invested time and you've helped people and they have helped you you've got to this equilibrium and it felt like that was the whole that was one of the core narrative beats of the game is community right that's that and it felt Mm. like that that kind of stabilization of the economy was a good thing and was a victory condition I, i don't know how you felt about that did you get to that stage i assume that's a thing that happens to everyone yeah for me what i found is that i i find getting stabilizer quite still quite annoying now Mm. because i wish i could just buy it you know i've got like six or seven hundred you know credits i wish i could just like stockpile but what ended up happening is that um i wasn't yet completely finished with the game i still had a few kind of very dice heavy things to do like mm-hmm. uh, the ship repairs from bliss yep. but i triggered the dlc around the same time right and so and so i i was trying to have you know full full dice all the time so i was i went through my stash of all the sta- stabilizers you obtain as you know gifts and so on yeah. um really quickly and when I started doing the mushroom thing, I was like, oh, my God, this takes so long. You oh, know, yeah. like, yep. I got I to I gotta get the spores. I got to, like, wait for it. And then I I tried it a couple of times and my, like, the, 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 the gods of randomness have not been kind to me. And I just <laughs> could not get I, – I, I literally Googled it. I was like, is there, like, am I meant to maybe not get a positive outcome but got, get a neutral one to get, like, the club head yep. caps mushroom ones? But turns out it is just – as long as you get like a positive outcome you should eventually get some but it takes a while so so actually each turn i need to you know gather some scrap and do some self-repair if i want to maintain my condition so that's at least one or two dice 
every turn that I still have to spend on this, which means that there still is a little bit of kind of a, you know, there's still a bit of a maintenance struggle, you yeah. know? Which which is like, which, which is like, the game is really good that it feels like modeling, not modeling, modeling feels like a very clinical way of saying it, but like representing what it's like to be out in the world, right? There's a, the amount of like, mm-hmm. um, very kind of normal maintenance you have to do as a human being and it's boring and waste your time and it's a pain in the arse to do every single time but you just have to keep doing it or you just don't go anywhere and like the idea that um that it's just part of living and i thought that was a really great way of doing that but like taking it as like a physical like yeah you have to physically maintain your body like yeah that makes total sense and it's really good at that um, yeah, and especially once you start doing the DLC, you, oh, you're still having to do all of these annoying things, and you're like, God, like you start counting the little, you know, the little pie segments, and being like, do I even have enough dice to complete all of this? But I also yeah. have to do like things, you know, and feed the cat and stuff. And, yep. uh, how, and how, how, <laughs> much, how much money did you spend on that cat? I spent a lot of money on that cat, and that cat gave me nothing, which means it's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was consistently yeah, giving it stuff, but I knew that it was it was for my own meta. You oh, know, yeah, I was totally. like, this, yep. this this feels right. Yep. I was sitting I was sitting playing it um and my cat was sitting next to me and I was like, This is they've they have modeled this relationship exactly. It's I will continue to feed you and every now and then you'll purr and then walk away and it's fine. That's what I signed up for. It's okay. Um yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed that. Um, but the, the the mushroom thing was really interesting as well because I one of my favorite characters in the game was um, Emphis Emphis the the food vendor, yeah. um, like what a what an amazingly realized character like you 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 know that you know that person right like you know that person of like or even if it's not in real life like you've seen narratively that character right the the, the this big person who's like just doing this this very straightforward thing of just feeding the station and you start talking to them and like, oh my God, you've had a life. And you start to get little bits and pieces of it. And like, it definitely got to the point where, the, the point in his story where you're like, hey, I can make something real good if you get me these mushrooms. And it would never give me the mushrooms. I kept mining and I kept <laughs> going and I could not get these mushrooms for emphasis. And I was gutted every single time i was like i need to i need to get this for him it's great um but yeah just it, like it, i mean we could go through every single character in here like i don't think there's a bad character in this whole game like everyone is ha- everyone has something right and i think i mean ankita i think that's the pronunciation ankita the mercenary like just one of the most heart-wrenching bits of narrative yeah. I think I've read in a long time or experienced in a long time, like watching that progression of, Hey, I just want to get on. I just want to get the ship fixed and get out of here. Or I just want to do this thing. I'm here for a thing. Just help me build the ship. It's fine. And then you get more and more. And that whole scene, um, out in the wastelands where they, they come across their, their their partner and the, the, the hive mind that they've, they've got just, and it's weird as well because you're not really an active part of it. Like you're just like watching this happen and 
I think every decision I made during that whole section was like, I just need to not get involved. I just need to sit here and let these people <laughs> figure their stuff out. And the amount of restraint that took was horrible. <laughs> it really was. Um, it's for, for the first time, you actually see someone who's like you. Yes, and it totally. it's just it completely like flips things upside down. It's like wait, there's like just just that feeling of there there could have been something there, yep. and yeah, it's, it's it's it was really really powerful. I was just I was uh I was shook. Yeah, that that yeah. that section floored me like really, and they they pile so much into that one scene as well, where it is like when you see this person with the because the, the 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 hive mind that they've they've um that they that they have like it looks like a high it looks like the hive mind right it's this cylindrical bit of metal that looks like part of a ship and not traditionally humanoid but your sleeper definitely does go i mean that's just me that is just that is essentially what i am i'm just in a different tin can than this thing i'd like watching my sleeper have this like complete like break of just like oh god what's gonna happen and then watching her come down and i think in my game ankita just rips the cables out um yeah. and just does does the thing and you're just like is this how is this how the rest of the world is going to see me forever like it, nobody left that interaction happy everyone was miserable <laughs> and i think that's good i think there's good when you could have the moments of like this sucks for everyone involved and it was yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure reading like uh forum posts and so on and like no matter how you approach it you basically end up with that end end game for that specific section and it's it makes sense that it just has to be that way that there was a very clearly imposed narrative for it yeah it is it's definitely like games can definitely go down the road too far of or I started to realize very quickly that the games could go down the they, they started to like almost fetishize the decision point system, right? Where I think like when Telltale Games did so well and it started like it became the it became the thing of like, oh look how did well The Walking Dead did at letting people make decisions and all this kind of stuff. And it was there was this real and like Mass Effect and all all the kind of more traditional mm-hmm. ways that went where it does once you start to see the flaws in that system, once you start to see the decision diamond of like, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if you ever played all of Mass Effect, but it was very obvious mm-hmm. when that game finished what it was doing, right? Like, like two is definitely the pinnacle of that series for me because it is like, yeah, that game can go in like 17 different ways and your relationships can go in a bunch of different ways and your impact in the world, all of this stuff. But then the third game comes along and you're like, you have to tie all of this up. And it turns out the way you do that is you very uh, kind of cack-handedly and very badly actually start to like bring everything back to a point that a team of people can write. And it's very difficult and very yeah. few games have done it in a way that that, that seem good or that seem um, good's the wrong word, um, satisfying, I think. Um yeah, especially when you start to see the, the kind of smoke and mirrors aspect of it, and you're like, ah, yeah, this is this is not this can go very wrong. So it is nice to see something like this come along, which is like, 
th- that whole the mercenary storyline like that's as far as i can tell that's set that is like this is what's going to happen yeah and you can have your interaction with the characters in ways that 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 feel it it seems like it gets the best of both worlds for me where like you deepen your relationship with the character in a way that feels like you've architected it but much like real life they have their own shit going on and the amount of influence you have on it might not be great and you sometimes just have to watch this person do some bad stuff and be like there's nothing i can do here Uh, and i think that's really refreshing in a game like this Uh, or in narrative in general i think yeah, for sure. Uh, it's again ties back into that whole idea we were talking about about like a, a virtual GM, and yes. it doesn't it doesn't feel cheap. Like oh, they're oh they're obviously oh it's only one ending, and all these choices don't matter, and so on, so on. Because it, it the way it's framed is that the characters are somewhat independent, and some things happen, and you don't necessarily have much influence. Well, I think what I really liked in the in the DLC was when you're asked, you know, oh, should we go ahead with this? And you can say yes, no, or I don't know. And I said, oh, I don't know. And then one of the characters just went, well, I think it's important. Uh, Well, I think we should do it, you know, because this other character thinks we should do it. I think it's the right choice. And and then, you know, you can continue the story and um, help them out. And that felt really interesting because the character just... You know, it's not just I said I don't know, and then the game treats as oh the characters also don't know, and I'm I've kind of decided for them. You know, yes. they had agency, and they were like just like a conversation with someone else is like oh well if you don't know well I'll take over you know and I'll say yeah. yes you know and yeah. that that was that was really fresh. Yeah, the the idea that they it is fine taking control away from you again in key points, um, where not not so much control of your of your character, but definitely control of the other people there where it is very easy yeah. to fall into this trap of like where it, it does seem like if you're not there these characters don't exist like i think this was this game is the polar opposite where like you've been dropped into this world that's been ticking over totally fine till you got here and will probably I, I mean one of the reasons why i ended up making the ending choice i made was like yeah the eye is going to be fine like i've met mm-hmm. enough people here that are keeping this place running for the right reasons and for the right people that i'm I'm good. I'm I'm okay leaving it at this point, as much as I just kind of wanted to stay there. But but yeah, and, and like yeah, like watching the 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 stuff with um with uh Sabine and the mercenary, uh, not the mercenaries, the the group that are the uh I, Yatagan, this, yeah, the Yatagan, Yatagan, yes, yeah. um, like that all that that whole stuff again, like taking that turn of like you build this relationship with these characters thinking one thing and then as you progress into it you're like oh no okay all of this is there's a you actually realize what they do and you realize how they are keeping this community together and they don't do it in like yeah they make some bad decisions and they they'd like do it in a slightly kind of um maybe with a military bent to it that you're maybe not happy about but like they generally have the hearts in the right place and when you start to get those options of like yeah you can you can burn all of this to the ground. Like you can, you can really mess up the Atagan and, and the work that they're doing. Or you can kind of come to terms with the way that they do it and feel like it's, um, feel like it makes sense in that context. And that these people are better off with mm-hmm. this in the, in this, in this world. And I think that really comes into its own when you start talking about the DLC and specifically like the first part of it, where, 
which I mean the only part of it that's out right now. But um, the DLC starts with the the uh, a uh, a fleet who has co- uh, a fleet of uh, refugees who have come in from from other stations and other places who come in and are basically blockaded just outside the station. And you meet you meet these people who are trying to get supplies out and try and keep them going and are just like trying to break through the the um the blockades to just keep these people running and maybe just keep these people alive and keep these people happy while all of this is going on while they're while they're being subjected to this horrible this um this blockade and then the moment in there where you meet Mm. the corporate person who comes in and goes look i know what you're doing we are trying our best and if you mess this up and these people get caught the wrong people are going to take that as a reason to just like never let them on the station again. And you might destroy this entire endeavor. And that was one of the hardest decisions I think we've, I had in that game where you're like every single part of your brain or my brain anyway, at that point was going like, do not trust this fucking person because we've dealt with the corpse already in this, in the, on this mm. station and they all suck. <laughs> but this person, the way this person is written seems so genuine and really does feel like again to map onto stuff that you know i know plenty of people who work for bad corporations and they are the most genuine people ever and are a lot of them really try and do the right thing constantly but just are stuck in there for whatever reason um having to go to that point where you're like okay do I turn around and tell these two people who are really like who are doing the right thing, but having to turn to them and possibly go like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe this is out of our hands. Maybe we should just hold back for a little bit. Um, was a super hard decision. And how, how did you end up going in that? Yeah, no, I had the same, uh, exactly the the same experience of, uh, you know, you start the story, the DLC, and you're like, oh, all right, I'm collecting some resources, and I'm going to help the refugees. And it's, you know, it, it and it, it feels naive in retrospect of me to think like that, that, that was all there was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the counselor person showed up. And um, for me, I, I wasn't too bothered whether she had good intentions or not because she she gave me valuable information and yes. made a good point and so i was kind of like all right uh yeah that that is a good point that if um you know people are on the fence whether to let these uh, refugees in but if we do this rogue uh, you know supply run then that might make things worse but the people do need the supplies, and I, I wish there was. I wish there was more interaction with that counselor of you know yeah. asking whether it, like even a separate drive mm-hmm. um, and a separate like clock for you know trying to negotiate whether uh, the actual uh, organization could wrangle some kind of supply run, and you could make yeah. it like let, like, let yeah, us work, it, let us work with you on top of this as opposed to just like it being this binary decision of one or the other like let's let's actually all get together and do the right thing here um and i think like again to go back to the kind of fail state stuff like i ended up i ended up walking into what felt like a fail state even though i didn't i don't actually think it was where 
after the conversation with the counselor, when you go back to talk to, to mm-hmm. Eshin Peak and you're like, like I was fully up front and was like, Hey, I had this conversation with this counselor. Yeah. Here's what she's saying. And then obviously I think, I think Peak's the one that's kind of a lot more restrained. I think who's the one that you kind of talk to a lot and thing. And Esh is the, the much more bold brass, like F this, we're going. Um, yeah. Like when that conversation happened and Esh is immediately like, these guys are going to screw them don't trust them, blah, blah, blah. And I think all I said was she's trying to do the right thing. And even if you just say that, that is enough for Ish <laughs> to immediately disregard you and be like, no, we're going and do the run herself. And like, it's so, and like, and I think we've all done that, right? We've all said a sentence somewhere that is like, this is a to- like, I'm just, I'm just, trying to help the situation and it is immediately as soon as you immediately realize it's the wrong sentence and you're like oh okay i've just made this worse oh no and she, she literally tells you to go and you yeah. could interpret that as like the end of that whole yeah, section I, I, thought, uh, I thought i destroyed the dlc i thought i was out the game i was like oh no um but yeah no the the fact that they you can uh peak turns to you and it's just like well let's do what we can so that they don't just immediately get caught and you're like okay um yeah and the fact that ash then just actually does the run you know yeah, and totally i get the whole idea of like character agency where um you know we're helping out these these people but it's not actually in the end up up to us to decide what they're gonna do yep and it's, so you're having influence in in their progress and you're having influence in how you interact with them but there's a clear del- delineation in terms of well certain things are up to them to decide yep. and to do and totally. th- that just feels so just just right you know yes totally and and it's probably actually the more interesting thing to happen is for ish to do the run and it's interesting because i didn't so so the, the the setup once you get to the point where either you're helping with the run or ish is going to go and you just need to get everything in place um like I didn't max everything. I don't even know if it's possible to max everything. Like even if you get, like I got real lucky with some dice rolls and got two out of the three things like full mm-hmm. and ready to go. And then I think I got like half of the other one just because I just did not have time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool that they, they definitely like, the stuff that you've done definitely has an effect and you definitely see they're like, yep, the, the stealth system worked. They got past that bit. They got the food in there. They made the delivery, and then on the way back, get picked picked up. And it's just yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, again that would be uh in any other game that would be a like here's all the numbers you messed up, right? Whereas here <laughs> it's like no, like yeah, you did really well, and actually it super worked, and like we are making this executive decision for this to be the way this story goes, and it's fine. Um, it was just, it's so cool. And the fact that this is the, the first part of like the other two parts of the DLC are going to be on this, this storyline. Like, yeah, I, I want to know, I want to get in there and cause how do you, how do you, in a game that is not like action heavy in really any, like in, in a traditional sense, like, are we going to straight up do like a rescue mission? Like, are we going to like arm up and just kick down the door of the ship and go get her? Like, what's going to happen? Um, the fact that we've got two more bits of DLC to resolve this is going to be really interesting, I think. No, absolutely. And I I really liked how, yeah, the DLC 
went in terms of being the self-contained thing yeah. where you're, you've already played the base game, you have an idea of how the mechanics work and so on, but here you have something that plays around a little bit, where yes. it's, uh, it, it's, it's very much a, an experiment on top of the base game. It's like, oh, well, you don't actually know what to expect because it's like you're doing several things to try to help the situation, but you don't necessarily know which one is more important or whether it will actually even succeed. And it's, it, it's an interesting exercise because you have a, an added layer of mystery and, and meta to it all. So I'm really excited yeah. for, for the next two chapters because of the fact that um, I'm guessing there'll be quite a bit of, I'm hoping at least, there'll be a, a bit of kind of diplomacy Yes. And just more more to do with that uh, counselor character because I thought she was really interesting of like morality and that thing yes. you, you said about not not being quite clear whether she's good or bad or you know whether she's a good person in a bad place whether she has maybe other reasons and whether we'll interact with other uh, people from the say from the same place and just what and what role will we play because in this DLC I liked the fact that. We were participants and active participants, but some characters just, you know, had agency and took their own. Well, all characters had the agency and took their own decisions in a way where we weren't the center of the story anymore because, you know, our story was the base game and, you know, we needed to survive and everything. But now we're kind of done with that. And in the DLC, it was just because we wanted to that we ended up helping those people, you know, mm -hmm. like it wasn't because we, you know, would help out with, um, our condition or for getting stabilizer or for getting energy, you know, or for getting extra, extra points somewhere. Uh, yeah. And so I, I like that now we're like, okay, well let's move to a different kind of level of thinking about, uh, thinking about, about all this. Yeah. And it was definitely, it was the one thing that I think was missing a little bit from, from the base game was a character who, I mean, you get a little bit of this with like Sabine's story and maybe a little bit of it with Feng, but a lot of it is, like the corporations are out here for themselves and are here to screw everyone else and we're just working against them. There wasn't really a voice from the inside or at least a voice that wasn't like almost um, like comically evil, like, like mm -hmm. Feng's story, like the, the character that, that, that he's, he's working against inside the corporation. It's just like, like anime levels of evil. And it was kind of <laughs> hilarious, but like that was that was the thing. So having this character, having the counselor there to be like, "Look, I'm doing my best, and there's a limit. Here, there's a limit to what I can do here. And like, yeah, I still need to pay the bills and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's going to be a super interesting character to inject into this world of like these people who are just trying to survive and have built this community up. Like having this outsider come in and be like, yeah, like I'm I'm trying to do the right thing as well from this other side of the coin is going to be super interesting. Um. And I think I think the decision, the way that like mechanically the 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 preparation for the flotilla worked quite well is, and again for like the story I had in my head for my sleeper is that because I did it after I was finished with the the, the base game completely, like I felt like I was pulling all these favors in from all of these characters that I've 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 helped that have helped me and that I've built up a relationship with. At that point, you can be like, okay we've done all of this, let's leverage this community, let's actually go help some people in a way that you couldn't if you were just like very much like just trying to survive yourself. Like you've got to the point where you can call in those favours and it's super cool. It's It was just such a it's, smart decision. 
Yeah, it's so empowering because, you know, yeah. when you start a game, you wouldn't imagine that, you know, you've got six different, like, s- circle thingies to complete yep. and that you would be able to just do that. Yep. But instead, you know, you, you get good dice, you're able to re-roll them, you, you have money to spend on foods, you oh, know. <laughs> see, when I got that power to, like, do a re-roll, I was just like, oh, God, like, that that was really a progression moment for me. which is like, okay, I... I I've got some safety net now. I'm okay. Things will be better now. I get this. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fact that it feels like you can, you can handle this is such a interesting moment. Cause again, like when you have those good moments as well and you're like, yep, I can totally take something on here and it's great. Yeah. It feels, it feels like an epic, epic gamer moment. Really. <laughs> See, yeah. See, you can do it. You can do it without um, mouse and keyboard controls. It's great. Exactly. Um, I, I think the only thing I think that that affected my progression in that game was the. I don't know whether I was just. I kind of just felt like an idiot a little bit, but the map kind of messed with me a little bit, um, where I didn't know like the center of the eye was a location you could go to until like three quarters of the way through that game like i just never i never saw the way you can get there like i never saw the lift and i didn't think it was like a way you can get there and the way that ended up having to me like it actually it 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 worked out fine because it still told a good story but like my interaction with ethan um way back at the start where i was working with feng very closely at that point and one of the things that feng says very quickly is like hey if you help me out i can disable your tracker in which case ethan's not going to be a problem anymore and i'm like it was it was a really good like kind of emergent moment right of feng's away doing their thing and you're like okay i have done everything i can you're off doing your thing that will hopefully make some progression and I'm just watching Ethan's clock tick closer and closer. I'm like, like checking my watch and be like, are you coming back? Like, can you please come back? I need you to help me here because this is going to go real bad if you don't. But the only thing I missed was that I missed Feng's progression point. Like there was a point on the map. I think it's like slightly further yeah. in that I just completely missed. I think it was like, I think it's like in the digital world and then one step back from where you start. And I just never been there. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is why this doesn't go anywhere. This is because I've been waiting to do this particular thing. And I think that was the only point where I missed some stuff. Um, but that's like, that's such a super minor point. But um, but yeah, it did affect me a couple of times. Yeah, no, I had that as well. Just uh, scrolling through the map, making sure I've got all the, you know, the, the items for a specific quest, but also just trying to recall, you know, for one specific resource, what are the different ways I can get it? And just yep. sometimes just completely missing one of them. Yep. Uh, and, and, and also the, yeah, the, the place with the lifts, I think that, I think that's maybe the reason why I also didn't really connect with the, the kind of bliss and more yeah. storyline too much is because I started it so late because yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like any of that was really, uh, I would, I would have much to gain from, from it all at, at that point in time. And yeah. so I ended up doing it way later when I was like very OP and was able to just finish everything really quickly. And so there wasn't that feeling of like, I'm laboring over, you know, yes. repairing this ch- ship and I'm like bonding with these people and I'm reading those little paragraphs of, you know, what have you done this cycle to, to upgrade it? And 
And I, I, I think that's, that's one thing is I, I wouldn't know as a designer how to make it better, but there w- would be moments in the game where I wouldn't quite know what to get up to. And the story mm-hmm. would feel like it really has like slowed down and the sense yeah. of purpose wasn't quite clear. Uh, um, and at the beginning, there was definitely, obviously, a lot of scrambling around. But I think there there was a moment um, where I was really hitting a bunch of kind of endings for different arcs and so on. And that was really nice. But yes. it was also kind of a, a lull after which I found it quite hard to get back into the game. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't really know where that kind of, uh, you know, that sweet, sweet dopamine was going to come from <laughs> and whether it was going to be worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I did that whole game in like two sittings, I think. Um, just because I was like, I just, I need to see where this goes. I need to, I need to help mm. all of these people. I need to see the end result of all of these, um, all these storylines. And it's, it's got such a, I mean, as, as we've seen now that we've seen the first part of the DLC, but like, it's a place that can so, that is lends itself to expansion and lends itself mm. to just like filling in more gaps and you can drop new people in there. Um, and it, um, and tell some different stories and it sounds like that's it, and it feels like that's what they're doing with the dlc and it's it's it totally works and i think it's a real testament to the, the strength of of like the eye as its own character and um, mm-hmm. where where it can do that like mm-hmm. the mood of this game and the way that like the scenes that it's built in my head that you can that you can get and it's like that does not happen to me very often like that does not happen to me and the idea that like and i think i'll also say just because it's a it's a big thing that we talk about a lot in the podcast and the site in generally like the music in this game is spectacular like it's so like it's not it's exactly as complicated as it needs to be i think and avoids a lot of the the genre trappings that i think you could very easily fall like if you were to go and like commission a soundtrack for this game you would get something way different unless you got somebody mm-hmm. who really understood what was going on and really kind of connected with that place and i think like every single track in that game is just amazing and it's been on in the background since i played that game it is it's yeah the the soundscape in the game is is so intentional which makes it so much more powerful like we were talking about like the the scenes of violence and so on Mm -hmm. and you know just those moments where you know you're clicking through like a tense scene or 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 you're just kind of going through something that you don't quite know where it's gonna go and then you get the like boom you know and the the screen flashes like at the top and at the bottom and it's so minor as a thing you know like if you were playing any other game or like a shooter or whatever you would be getting all kinds of screen shake but here like it feels so powerful because there's nothing else that's happening yes and and even those moments where I, i i never i never know whether the music fades in at specific paragraphs or at specific points and if it's delayed or not, but it always feels right. Yes. And it's, it's, it's just very well done. Yeah. And even like, again, like mentioning Emphis, the food vendor, like his atmosphere while you're talking to him yeah. is just like, I just wanted that in a loop. Like I just wanted to live in that soundscape for forever. It was just so evocative of a place and like, this person just doing their job and like you can just you can feel the whole thing and for a game that is like 
so much like relatively simple in terms of presentation like the flourishes it does have just work so well i think yeah i mean the game the game is a lot about re- reflection and yes. so the idea of you know you have moments with some melodies and then there's pauses in between or within even the same song to kind of give you some space to to just think it just yes. it just feels like everything was kind of thought about on you know how how does this improve and kind of make sense within the player's experience of the game and in some cases you know it's just having a really nice synth come in with like like some questioning notes when you're in a moment where you're kind of like okay i think i think i think things are not going great in this specific (laughs) uh part of the game you know yeah you can tell yeah for sure um yeah, cool. So I think I think we can probably wrap up there. Is there anything else you want to call out just as we're as we're wrapping this up? Um, is there any other moments mm. that we didn't talk about that you really that you really connected with? Oh, good, good question. Um, if I have a question for you, if oh, yeah. you were if you were a character an NPC oh, no. in the game, oh, no. what do you what do you think what do you think the the action that the sleeper can like perform at your uh, station or whatever um, would be man that is that is so unfair because there's the there's the <laughs> there's the there's the real answer and then there's the answer i'd want because the real answer is i'd probably be like i'd be full-on interface i'd just be like yep i yeah. i can do all of this this is this is the stuff i'm good at i know how to work this um but what would i want to do i i and there was a part of me that was like, I don't know, the community support aspect of the Yatagan, I think was really good. Like just going around and making sure everyone has the stuff that they need and like getting all of that together. Like that just sounds like the fulfillment in that, I think, would be enough for me. Yeah, because there's no there's nobody in that as far as I know, there's no character in there that just like straight up makes furniture, which is actually just what I want to do for the rest of my life. So yeah, that would be the closest I'd have, I think. Uh, what about yourself? How, where would you see yourself on the eye? Good question. See, I asked that question. I think you have an answer for it. Very yep. smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. See, I, I, I agree with you that something, the, the community aspect, I think I think maybe Tala's bar, just oh, because. Oh, bar. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, just that feeling of, because I feel like it's one of the, obviously it's in the kind of starting area of the game and you start, it's one of the first places you get to kind of get a bit of money from yeah. and start engaging with the, with, with people. And it's, it's, I feel like it's comforting to know that you can just go to that place and people just, you know, do their own thing and you're able to, to, to kind of interact with them and be, be useful and, and yeah. just have a, have a place. Like it's, it's, it's a very simple kind of, kind of need, but I feel like, um, I'd be maybe somewhere there, yeah. just trying to provide provide a nice place for people to hang yeah. out in. You know? I don't, I don't know if it's just a me thing, but like I definitely in my head, I think maybe just the media I've consumed over the years, but I kind of romanticize this idea of a bartender. Like I, in my mm-hmm. head, like the ideal bartender is the one who's like who will serve you the drink and then listen to your your woes. And I think there's mm-hmm. a part there's a part of that that's like, yeah, I could I could do this, but yeah, like. Like that whole thing with her and the the still in the back, like that was a real, like that is a one to one personal connection. It was one of the early ones I think I had that was like, yeah, I I will 
I will do anything to get this bar running is is my one and only focus right now. I think I think that I think that was happening while Ethan was hunting me and I'm like, ah, that can uh-huh. wait. That can wait, it's fine. I need to get this still going. This is important. Um Yeah, there's something about it where it's it's it feels I mean, obviously it was high stakes to Tala in terms of keeping the bar going and oh, everything, yeah. but it, it just feels so as you said, one to one and low stakes in terms of okay we're gonna build this together and try to make something happen but without it being kind of having such a weight to it yes uh in terms of oh this is you know diplomacy or or you know survival and 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 there was something just nice about getting to a point with your sleeper where you're able to afford to take some time out uh, mm-hmm. out of your day to help out with that and build that and just feeling like maybe you're kind of you're getting somewhere uh, in this place yeah definitely i think i think that's i think that's one of the things i really liked about the whole narrative is that at no point do they do a like world-ending cataclysmic event right like it's not that mm-hmm. type of narrative there's no like asteroid coming towards the eye that you're working towards like it is about these people and their relationship to you and and your relationship to them and, and basically just like helping this place continue to tick over and i just think that it just makes for such a a warmer story than than you would get like yeah so i think i think we'll wrap that up there um thank you so much for for jumping on i have not been able to really talk about this game since it came out in this medium because like obviously i've talked to callum a bit about it but like the idea that we're like nope we'll 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 mark it as a spoiler thing just so we can talk about specific characters and specific things so thank you so much for joining me and and just be able to just talk about this forever it's 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 great absolutely no it was uh it was really enjoyable uh for me too as well it's uh it's definitely a game where you can just keep on you know thinking about it and talking about it really helps kind of frame the the meta because so much is about it's so much about the experience rather than you know a specific you know mechanic in isolation and how you interpret things so uh yeah thank you so much for having me cool and if people wanted to to see what you're getting up to do you have a any social media handles and anything you want to you want to mention here if people wanted to follow you yeah, so uh, my website hasn't been updating it in ages, but I do uh, sometimes use uh, twitter.com. Uh, so I'm there at underskinnyhrt, so just at underskinnyhrt, and you're, you'll see my little icon, and it's going to say Vida, and you'll know that it's me. And I tweet about, from time to time, about just um, the video games. Yeah. Um, and are, speaking of games, are yours still up on itch? If people wanted to, yeah, yeah, absolutely, they're all still up. I haven't made anything recently, but I've definitely got a a, a, a pretty sizable collection of small things here and there that you can play in just you know a couple of minutes, and they're experimental stuff, you know, hand drawn with like a mice uh, in like Photoshop that look really like scrappy, but they're meant to just be like very quick expressions of of feelings. And so, if you're interested in that. You should go to vida.p.h.io. Yes, I will 100% back that as well. I've played most of the things on that site and they're, they are very good. Um, so yeah. Um, and then I'll, I think we'll end with, with what I like to ask people. Um, what are you playing at the minute? Apart from obviously wrapping, just having wrapped up Citizen Sleeper. Is there anything you're, you're playing at the minute? Anything you're looking forward to? Oh, good question. Um, 
What have I been playing recently? Um, I'm looking forward. I saw on um, on uh, on Twitter and so on that there's that roller drone game that came yes. out. Yes. Uh huh. That I I don't know if it's the type of game I'd like to play, but I love that it exists. Yes. Uh, so I think people should definitely check out some gifs or some YouTubes about it. Yeah, I think that's a different game than I thought it was. Like I thought it was like a. I, I've I've just come off um putting far too much time into uh neon white the speedrunning yeah, kind yeah. of game which is oh god that game's so good yeah but it sounds like roller dome might be a bit like that where it's kind of like time trialy like there's a course and you're trying to do it in a specific amount of time i'm not that's what i got i need to actually go read about that game yeah, yeah. no i i i saw quite a few places mention um that you know a lot of triple a games haven't been really coming out this year and that all like 2022 is like oh the worst time for games and so on but there's so many interesting indie things coming out like real gems like citizen sleeper and like neon white like you know getting people to like learn and practice speed running in a way that is actually fun and enjoyable and where you kind of get it you know like that that takes effort and so there's there's plenty of things that I'm definitely looking forward uh, forward to this year and and next. Well, I mean, I, I think I saw you tweeting about this as well. But um, just the day we're recording this, uh, we are OFK just came out literally today, yes. which I think I'm going to yeah. I'm going to finish up this recording and go download immediately because I've been looking forward to that a lot since um, since I saw that. Just like the yep, just hits every single part of things I'm interested in in like synth pop and all these yeah. stories and people struggling being creative yeah 100 percent. i'm on board for sure i think we're out there thank you very much again uh for all the rest of our stuff and um, we will have a regular podcast at some point when callum's not busy doing adult things um uh podcast at gameinjustart.com is the email address we're on facebook and twitter if you searches you'll find us there um youtube.com slash gameinjustart go subscribe there and you'll get notified And that says thank you again so much for for hanging out with me here. Thank you too.